0: Hello and thanks for tuning in to Afterthought. It's March 2023 and my name is Erica Weeb. Before we get into the topic for today I wanted to let you know that we've got an email address now. After the last episode where I talked to my brother about his journey with cancer and about aging and mortality and all of those fun kind of things, he got a lot of uh, feedback from people that he knew. Uh, who would listen to the episode, and I got to thinking, well, what about people who don't know him and don't know how to get in touch with him? So I have set up an email address, which is afterthoughtew at gmail.com. That's afterthoughtew, as in my initials, ew, at gmail.com. So get in touch with uh, any kind of comments about the show, opinions, questions, additional information, and certainly I can pass on comments uh, to people that I interview on the show. And now on to the topic for today, which is all about land acknowledgements. Uh, Last December I went to a winter concert at Greenway School, a K-6 school here in the inner city of Winnipeg. And before the concert started, the principal read a land acknowledgement to honour the Indigenous territory on which we were located. Uh, Reciting land acknowledgements is not so unusual. Uh, Most public events include them. But what was unusual is that the principal asked us to stand up, saying that this is the usual practice at this school. And as we stood, I noticed Indigenous people in the crowd and I thought, how do they feel about this? I hope that they felt proud and respected. The thing is, I had heard something about how this practice of standing came about. And it's a story that's worth noting because it started with an 11-year-old student at the school by the name of Mabel McManus. And she is with me today along with her teacher, Corey Jagru, And just uh, for full disclosure here, Mabel is also my great niece. So they're going to tell me the story of what happened here at Greenway School. Uh, But don't leave after that because next I'm going to be talking to Negan Sinclair and his daughter Sarah so we get an Indigenous perspective on this issue. So Mabel, I was wondering if you could start by reading the land acknowledgement at Greenway School because I guess we can't assume that all the listeners might have heard a land acknowledgement
1: before, so do you want to read it? Out of respect for the Indigenous people of Manitoba, we at Greenway School and the Winnipeg School Division recognize the school we attend resides on Treaty 1 lands, known as First Nations Territory, as well as the homeland of the Red River Métis.
0: Right, so in the introduction I was saying how at Greenway School you guys have a practice of standing yeah, uh, I guess so you do this every morning that comes over the intercom, is that the yep. idea?
1: After O Canada every morning they they say the land acknowledgement.
0: Okay, I'm just wondering, do they does everybody stand for O Canada? Yes. Okay. So before you were all sitting down after O Canada? Yeah,
1: right away after O Canada. All right.
0: So how did this all start that you started this campaign to stand up for the land acknowledgement? Do you want the beginning beginning? I do.
1: Okay. Um so this fall? We were in a canoe trip with some friends, and one of them mentioned that they stand for the land acknowledgement at their school. And I was a bit curious, and they were were interested that we didn't, didn't. And so, I just, I started doing it automatically. I didn't say anything, and then Mr. Corey started doing it, and then he started telling everyone else to do it, and it kind of, we... Got a campaign going.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. Just going back a little bit. So when you stood up for the first time, did, it, like, did the kids kind of look at you and go like...
1: Yeah, there, there there were definitely a few people who were like, you know, you can sit down, right? Like, why are you still standing? And yeah. I, I didn't say anything. I just did it.
0: uh uh-huh. And how many times did you do that before Cor- Mr. Jagrew, uh or Corey, uh, stood up too? Like, four or five. So, Corey, uh, like, what were your thoughts when you saw Mabel standing there?
2: At first, I kind of understood like why she was doing it and then we had a conversation about what had happened and like her thoughts behind why she did it i thought it was awesome like it was it was beautiful it was really cool and it was a great way to just pay honor just on like a daily basis so it was just nice to get it going with her afterwards right like Hey, like let's encourage the rest of our class, and then where can we go from here?
0: So Mabel, when Corey asked you, like, or talked to you, and asked you why you were doing it. What did, what, what did you say?
1: Um, I, I, I said the same thing I just said. I, like I said, we were on a canoe trip with some friends, and one of them is a teacher, and they said, yeah, yeah. "Oh, you don't," like, and was kind of surprised that our school didn't do this, and I was, and I took that into account. I, yeah, yeah, I really, I said the same thing, said, right. Yeah.
0: But why do you think it's important?
1: Because, some, well, something that happens here, probably at all, other schools, is that after Canada, people stop listening to the announcements. They start going about their business, and it gets quite loud, and you can't really hear the announcements. And so I think that we're not truly acknowledging it if we can't hear it. And so we should just, like, we should stay standing, stay focused... For another ten seconds, and make sure we are truly acknowledging this before we start our day.
0: Right, makes sense. And so, Corey, I, I think I think Mabel was saying that you guys also started doing teaching exercises around. How, so, how what what happened? How did you what happened?
2: Yeah, so um, we basically broke into groups after that, and then did some independent and group learning on the land acknowledgments in Winnipeg and in Manitoba and and across Canada. And just kind of seeing like which uh, which nations resided where. And then um, after that, we kind of got to talking and decided like we should be the ones reading the land acknowledgement in the morning. So we talked to their admin and they were all for it. So the students in our class all took turns in the mornings reading the land acknowledgement. And then the groups of kids, like in groups of two or three, they would go to classrooms and do presentations to each classroom about why was it uh, important and vital for them to be standing for the land acknowledgement in the mornings. And then now we're rotating through classrooms. Like, we've done most of the fives and sixes. Now we're starting to flow down to, like, the fours for for each classroom to read the land acknowledgement in the mornings. Oh, nice. Yeah, on the morning announcements, yeah.
0: And so <coughs> did you go to every class and do some learning? Yeah. Most of them, yeah, I think. yeah.
2: Yeah, we hit all of the classes, yeah. Nice. So each of the groups, I think, did... Two or three presentations.
1: Our group only did one because I left.
2: Right. right. Yes. Yeah, yeah. 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 So I think, yeah, I think most of the groups did two. Yeah. But okay. yeah, we got to every classroom. So it was, it was, it was really nice. Yeah. Like I've had kids asking me since like, since September being like, can we read? And I'm like, yeah, like you guys are later in the year. <laughs> It'll come <laughs> along. Sorry. People no. no. are anxious to do we're,
0: that. Like, yeah We're doing yeah. this month.
2: Yeah. We're doing this month. And then, and then next month we're going to do two of the grade three classes right. and a so, uh, grade four class.
0: Right. So that means you go down to
1: the office and do it over the intercom? Yeah, just five minutes until the bell rings. We'd, right. we'd go down, we'd meet whoever's doing it. Because every week it's either Miss Bolt or Mr. Olfert. And so we'll meet them, we'll go into their office, we'll do it, and then we'll go to wherever we're going.
0: So Mabel, like, why do you think, though, that it's important to acknowledge indigenous lands? Well, first of all,
1: it's, it's under-acknowledged.
0: It's under acknowledged, yeah. usually. Yeah.
1: I I think it is, and I think like I think this is a very good time for it because right now there's been a lot of stuff about stopping the supremacy that's going on, and I think just if we want to go one step further, we might as well acknowledge that the land we're on does not belong to us, and that there were many many people
0: here before us, and that there's another side to this story. Like, what do you think the story is that we've usually heard? Corey, you could talk about that too if you want.
2: Yeah, I think it's just like I think Mabel and I have talked about it too a lot, like uh, in our private conversations about it, just being like a very one-sided story, yeah. right? And it's not, it's not fair, it's not equitable either, right? So I think like for the land acknowledgement, like it's just it's really important to just have that moment to recognize like all the things that Mabel yeah. was saying that. This isn't our land. We're borrowing it from our ancestors and from people that are here before us and like from our children too, right? So it's just just a a moment not only to reflect on like your life and your purpose, but like to be grateful for what we have, right? And like where we come from. Um, It's also a nice like jump off point for a lot of classrooms to kind of just have these conversations. Like, why do we even stand for this? What is it for? Like, what's the purpose, right? What is it? Yeah, exactly. And I don't think a lot of people knew what it yeah. was before our kids went class to class doing the presentations. You
1: know? And also, like, like yeah, like, if you look at our textbooks, our history, all of that has been written by white settlers. Yeah. Like, what we need is an indigenous textbook.
2: Yeah. And even having the conversations with some of the kids in the class, yeah. like, they're very surprised about the things we'll talk about. They're like, will that really happen? We're like, yeah. yeah, but, like, you didn't know that because you've never been exposed to it, right? Yeah. And I think, yeah, I, think, I
1: think our generation as a nine year, or as a 11 year old, I think our generation is lucky because like you guys, you didn't have, you didn't have this kind of stuff when you grew up. like right. Not at all. Right. Yeah. Like, and we. Like, like you all, you, ne- you never knew any of
2: this. Yeah. Like when I've, I've told them like in class, like I hated social studies, like I didn't enjoy it. And like, it's because we just read it out of a textbook and like, that was it. Like that was our. Are learning for it yeah. like we didn't get like a diverse view of things and we didn't get multiple stories yeah yeah the so textbooks were right? very one-sided yeah super one-sided, and they still yeah. are even yeah. the ones that we use now like we read through them we're like yeah okay so what's the real story behind this like Is how can right? we do a little mm-hmm. digger deep yeah. right or yeah digging deeper for yeah, this stuff yeah for right?
0: sure so i'm wondering like does uh did did, did all these conversations about the land acknowledgement was it also sort of a jumping off point to talk about other issues related to because I, I, it seems to me you guys have done some learning around residential schools and, and that kind of thing as well here. Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And it kind of depends on, on like the group and like how many people or who wants to take on what project or part of the learning. Um, For some of the kids, it's like it's can be a sensitive issue. Yeah. So we have to tread lightly because it, yeah. it comes from like their family and stuff too, right? Sure. So I've had the conversation with their families about some of this stuff and- yeah, the learning I feel like now has been a little bit more a little less like whole group and more like individual like guided learning.
1: And like there there are definitely people who come more prepared for some of this stuff. Yeah. Like like I kind of like I'm going to public events so I hear I kinda of, there's some people who just know a bit more 'cause they they're hear it more often or but and then there's some people who've never heard it before, have no clue what it means and like like that, that's the, those are the kind of, those are the students who like, it was a real jumping off. Point. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But it, it also makes sense then, like Corey was saying that, that it probably is better to work yeah. on a one-to-one basis and figure out where people are starting from. Yeah. Yeah. But I really like what you said about like before uh, you would do, people would hear this land acknowledgement over the intercom and probably not really understand what it was all about. Right. Yeah. And do you feel like people have a better understanding now? Yeah, I hope so, and
1: me and some of my friends are doing something on the announcements on Monday, and our goal is, our goal is just to make sure every just a little reminder, like, just respect this the same way as you respect O Canada, and, like, it takes 10 seconds, it's so quick, it's not gonna give you any less time to play Minecraft, just stand, and acknowledge
0: um, so I, like I told you, I'm going to be talking to a, an Indigenous leader right. about sort of the background behind land acknowledgments and how he feels about them. And maybe if he thinks there are next steps or whatever, are there any questions that you would want me to ask him? I don't know. Like the,
1: the thing that comes to mind is like, as people who came here, we think we're helping, but is that what the Indigenous people think? Is this enough? Is what we're doing enough? Like... From our eyes we're helping. But from their eyes, like what like is this anything to them? Like does this matter? What is this?
0: That's a really good how, how so much. You is mean this are doing? the land acknowledgements? Do they matter? That's what you're talking about. Yeah, like about, like,
1: yeah? like if, right. if if we say them but then we don't do anything with them,
0: like what do they matter? That's a really good question. I will ask that. Corey, anything you wanna ask?
2: As an educator, like I understand my responsibility and like bringing awareness to, like, Indigenous culture and attitudes, right? And it's, there's just so much um, that varies within, like, Indigenous culture too. Wow. But I think most importantly, like, just recognizing and, like, doing, I think the line going engagement is really important, like, but I also agree with Mabel, like, if we don't really know what's next, if, it's, if it doesn't lead to any, like, reconciliation of any sort, then, like, what's even the point of doing any of it? So, I don't know. I guess my one question would be just, like, what's next? Yeah. But it's, you know, it's always, for us, it's always, we're always looking for those next steps. So I feel like we're doing a, we are ha- we have an active role in it. But you can always do more, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and I think, like, the immersion part of it is huge too, right? You know, Mabel, you're going to a lot of these events. And yeah. A lot of people don't. A lot of people don't understand it or like their families just aren't interested like yeah. they should be, right? And it's it's tough, right? And you have a lot of immigration in our in our country and in our city and...
1: In our school too.
2: Yeah. And a lot of times, like you know, people come from other places. So it's hard to... When they're focused on one thing, it's hard for, for them to switch their yeah. lens to see the land, right? It's... You know what I mean? It's kind of... Yeah. To, yeah. Your priorities lie in different places, but... To someone... kind of... Oh, well, bird, bird walking to that's someone right. who doesn't
1: to someone who doesn't live here they don't they might not care about whose land it
0: is yeah or if they're hard to change your ideas yeah. Yeah. yeah that's a great place to wrap it up and i just really want to thank you mabel mcmanus and mr Corey Jagru for doing this i appreciate it and good luck with all the work you're doing in the school around this issue yeah now I'd like to welcome Nigon Sinclair and his daughter Sarah to continue this conversation. Nigon is Acting Department Head and Associate Professor in the Department of Indigenous Studies at the University of Manitoba, a columnist for the Winnipeg Free Press and a commentator on CBC's Power in Politics, as well as a frequent speaker about Indigenous issues at various events. His daughter, Sarah, is a grade 11 student at Kelvin High School, where she wrote the land acknowledgement that the school uses. And Sarah, why don't we just start with you? Well, how did it come about that you wrote the uh, land acknowledgement at Kelvin?
3: Um, so it was, quite, it was quite the process. We, we took about a year to, to write this land acknowledgement. We were first asked by, um, well, we first proposed to our principal, um, to rewrite the land acknowledgement because before we wrote our land acknowledgement, it was quite... It, it, it didn't represent Calvin's um, road to reconciliation um, and didn't have any action inside of it. So so we really wanted to rewrite it to make it more applicable to Calvin. Um, therefore, our we asked our principal if we could write it, um, and then we um, went through that initiative of the year in writing it.
0: So what has been the response of the students? Do they... Do you think they have a better understanding of history or anything like that? How do they respond to it?
3: From what from what I've heard, it's been really it's been really cool to to see um all of these students learning about it. We've held assemblies to to make sure that students understand the land acknowledgement. Um and, and of course some students don't understand the power of this new land acknowledgement, but we are starting to educate our students around um, like my fellow students, around what this land acknowledgement means, um, and and I've I've heard from some of my friends how much it means to them to to hear action be put in a land acknowledgement, and for um and for for the next generation to write it too, because it represents us carrying on these actions. In right. The future.
0: Okay. Like, uh, do you uh, do you have a copy of it there, or do you have it memorized? Would you be able to recite it?
3: Yeah, I have it pulled up right here. Oh, excellent. Um, Okay, here, here it is. Um, Calvin is at least 20% Indigenous. We recognize that the school we attend is located on Treaty One territory, the land of the Anishinaabe, Anishinawak, Dakota Oyate, Danisulin, and Nahithawak nations, and the, the homeland of the Red River Metis. We recognize the truth of Canada's past and present, and we commit to a path of reconciliation together, rooted in education.
0: That is a lot more information than a lot of land acknowledgments have. Was that sort of one of the things that you, that you were keeping in mind as you were writing it?
3: Yeah. So, so what we were keeping in mind, we wanted to make sure that that the that the. The names of the peoples that we were representing—they um, were put in in their own languages. That they were represented in the way that they wanted to be represented. Because we learned a lot in our history class, actually, about how um, how Indigenous communities' names have been changed over history mm-hmm. um, by by colonizers and by the people who were coming to Canada. Um, so we really wanted to make sure that these names were accurately represented, and then we also wanted to to include a statement at the end talking about um, the truth of, of our of the truth part of reconciliation, because we cannot have reconciliation without acknowledging the truth of Canada's past and present. Right. Um, and then we finally wanted to add the the statement of education um, reconciliation being rooted in education, since we were in a school, and we wanted to make sure that. Um, our school had that little action um, put in there.
0: Right, the little action being?
3: Being making sure that, that, um, that we are continuing on a path of reconciliation yeah. together um, in education.
0: Yeah, great. So, uh, so um, Nigan, when you hear a good land acknowledgement, what does it mean to you, like as an Indigenous person?
4: So I prefer to use the term territorial acknowledgement, and the reason is because we aren't just acknowledging the land, but the relationships within it. And so the reason why I like to describe it as a territorial acknowledgement, it's it's about referring to what's happening in the territory, which is relationships. And so uh, as opposed to just saying a land, we're not just acknowledging the land, but we're acknowledging uh, all the things that are happening in it. So that's why I like using territorial acknowledgement. But I don't have a problem with people who say land acknowledgement. I get what they mean. Um, a, a good territorial acknowledgement has two parts. The first is that you recognize those you share relationships with in that territory, and you particularly recognize those relationships you have been taught not to see. And what are the one relationships you've been taught the least about? It's usually Indigenous relationships, the relationships that Canadians share with Indigenous peoples. That's why it's so critical that we name the Indigenous nations that we share relationships with in that territory. So the critical second part is the action phrase, uh, what do we commit to do now that we can see the people we've been taught not to see. And that means in the case of indigenous peoples, we acknowledge that the harms that have happened in the past, and also that we move towards uh, reconciliation into the future. And that's going to involve some really critical things. One thing that's going to involve is the sharing of resources, the sharing of space, kindness, generosity, bravery. Uh, and so that's where the uh, territorial acknowledgement needs two parts. One is Uh, the the acknowledgement of who do we share those relationships with in that that space. That's why it's not just about Indigenous peoples, it's also about the land and the water and all the things that we see. Uh, And then the second part is the action part, which is what are we going to do now that we see.
0: You know, I've been talking with a, a friend of mine, Melanie Murray, she's a Métis woman, about this issue on email. And here's one of the things she said. She said, having had some talks with other Indigenous leaders, what I've heard is that the worst outcome is a meaningless statement akin to thanking the funders rather than acknowledging an organization's past missteps and their commitment and ideally concrete action toward reconciliation. So I guess, who would you agree with that?
4: The last thing you want is a territorial acknowledgement that's not going to have any purpose or meaning yeah. for those who are saying it, which is what Sarah's uh, statement really is important because what it does is it personalizes it Uh, It makes it very unique, and it's something that means something to the people within that space. Uh, That's the whole purpose of what we're trying to do. We're trying to change relationships and the actions that come from those relationships. And so that's why, you know, when Sarah came up with her territorial acknowledgement with her friends at Kelvin High School, um, it was critical that they personalize it, but then also that they make actions specific to what young people can do at the school. You know, all the people, teachers administrations, uh, students.
0: So it seemed like this happened very fast, this whole business of, as you say, territorial and acknowledgments, or land acknowledgments, about 10, 15 years ago, like, it just started happening very quickly. Do you have any information, Nigan, about, like, how that happened? And it, and it isn't only in Canada, like, I was watching the Australian Open tennis uh, tournament, they did a land acknowledgment there as well, so do you know anything about how that started?
4: Yeah, most of the territorial acknowledgements started in the west in Manitoba, Saskatchewan, Alberta, B.C. And what they were stated was, and particularly in the north, uh, the earliest one that I heard of was the one that happened in the north for certain communities that did not sign onto treaty, and they asked people in their territory to recognize the fact that they had not that that, that community had not signed treaty. So they made the claim that this is unceded land. And uh, when Sarah was very young, uh, in fact as a baby, uh, we used to live in British Columbia, Vancouver. And 100% of Vancouver is stolen land. It's uh, claimed or, you know, it is occupied by four First Nations, which occupy the, the lands we now know as North Vancouver and North Vancouver. And so whenever people would open gatherings with Indigenous peoples in Vancouver, they would say, Vancouver is on unceded territory. And they would say, usually, unceded Musqueam territory or Coast Salish territory or whatever else that they would say in that area. And you would hear this throughout the prairies. And so soon enough it gained momentum where the very first major time I heard this uh, was when the Winnipeg Blue Bombers did it. They were the first sports franchise in North America to make a territorial acknowledgement. And they did that uh, uh, you know, almost a decade ago. And they did that because an Indigenous student was hired in their organization named Braden Harper Uh, He asked the team to commit to a territorial acknowledgement alongside O Canada and uh, the Bombers, the Blue Bombers, I'm proud to say, from Winnipeg, the first sports franchise in North America to make a territorial acknowledgement. And since then, everybody does it. The Winnipeg Jets do it. Major teams across all all four major sports do it. Um, You know, you even hear it in the the, uh, American Baseball and NFL, which are... Uh, still holding on to some very racist stereotypes as names yeah. of their teams, mm-hmm. and so it's a it's an interesting thing because it's promoted a lot of dialogue.
0: And uh, what I'm hearing you say, both of you, is that it's not just though about raising awareness in among non-indigenous people; it's about building relationship and also committing to action, right?
3: Yeah, yeah. I think that it's that it's extremely important that land acknowledgments, not or territorial acknowledgments, are not only not only acknowledgements that acknowledge the land, but they're also acknowledging the relationship. As my father was saying, um, a lot of students in my school have have been engaging in conversations around land acknowledgements and how um, our past land acknowledgement really only acknowledged the the land that we were on Treaty One territory. And of course, that is important. But it's it's crucial that we that we that we develop these relationships and that we acknowledge them, um, and that we that in the while we're making land acknowledgements or territorial acknowledgements we are um, making sure that that everyone is incorporated in this land in this acknowledgement that we are that we are educating everyone around it and that everyone is included in this process so that everyone can learn from it
0: great okay so i want to let you know the questions that mabel asked this is 11 year old mabel Uh, here's exactly what she said quote we think we're helping by doing land acknowledgments but what do indigenous people think does it matter is it anything to indigenous people if we say a land acknowledgment no, land acknowledgment but don't do anything with it does it matter so that's her question
3: i think that it that it, it's important land acknowledgments are are a step in the right direction of course they are not we can't just say that that's the only thing that we do and that we that we move on from them. We need to make sure that land acknowledgements um, promote action. We can't we can't promote act, promote um, bigger action than just that. I I, I always say that territorial acknowledgements are baby steps start your step on the right direction, um, on the path to rectal these land acknowledgements, so that they, so that they are apparent that they don't become performative.
0: Right. And, uh, yes, what do you mean by that word performative?
3: Performative would mean, um, doing something without any action behind it, doing yeah. it so that, um, you're saying that, uh, yeah, doing something without any action behind it, I would say. Yeah, for sure. Um, to, to look good.
0: Yeah. Uh, you know, it reminds me of a, a comedy sketch that was on CBC a while ago uh, through this show called Baroness Vaughn's Sketch where there's a set-up where there's a stage and then there's a bit of an audience. And the woman at the front says, uh, and a land acknowledgement, recites a land acknowledgement. And then she says, okay, now on with the show. And she proceeds to lead the, leave the stage. And a woman in the audience stands up and says... Uh, wait a minute, like if we're on somebody else's land, shouldn't we be leaving? And then she's putting on her coat and starting to leave. And the woman on stage says, no, no, no it's okay, we're done. And um, so, it, you know, I think sometimes sketch comedy is the best way to uh, illustrate something that's 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 actually kind of serious. They go back and forth for a while. And uh, yeah, it's kind of funny. but. It does seem sometimes like it's just the very least that can be done, right? A a territorial or land acknowledgement, that it it sometimes feels like it falls way short. And some organizations might feel that as long as they're doing that, they're doing their job as far as uh, reconciliation.
4: Well, I mean, that would be a basic misunderstanding, I think, of what a territorial acknowledgement is meant to do. uh, uh, Because it's not... The end, it's the beginning. and a Territorial acknowledgement is put at the front of a meeting for a reason because when you see the people that you've been taught not to see and you commit to action as a result of that seeing, your, your, your meeting cannot happen the same way that it has happened in the past. Um, and so you have to act differently or other than that, that don't say the territorial acknowledgement. It means that in what you did was absolutely nothing. In fact, you did less than nothing Because you have uh, uh, said something that you're not going to do. And so the territorial acknowledgement is a commitment that you will act differently going forward in the future. And that means that every step along that path of difference means that we must promote equality, uh, equity, uh, fairness. And, And so what that means is it's not just enough to say we're going to share the land. We actually have to then go share it. It's And, you know, if you want to know what that looks like, the Capulain Barracks project is a very good beginning. It's a drop in the bucket. Um, the Hudson Bay building project, which will take place downtown, is another uh, step in a good direction. But, uh, you know, there is thousands and upon thousands of stolen land, acres of stolen land, that is in, in Treaty 1 territory. In fact, there is more land promised to First Nations in Treaty 1 than there is land in Treaty 1, which should tell you a little bit about how... Tra- were used by the Canadian government we can't simply decide okay one group of people gets to benefit greatly from these lands but then other groups of people have to sleep outside tents. That, that's not what treaties were about, that's not what living in this space was supposed to be about and the original commitments of this place was about everybody benefiting, all of the children learning, living, uh, you know, thriving together.
0: Mr. Jagru, who is Mabel's teacher, was also interviewed. Like, he supported her in this act. And they all put together a slideshow, a PowerPoint, that explained what what they were doing and why. And they went and presented it to all the classes. Um, But when I asked Mr. Jagru, Corey Jagru, what uh, he would want me to ask you guys, he said um, he's always trying to think of the next step, the next thing they can do so his question was in a school setting like greenway school what could a next step be
3: what what i always say is that that we we in schools um always acknowledge the 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 harms of the past like residential schools um genocide cultural genocide in our in our country colonization but but it's and that is important that is crucial to recognize it's important that we that we are that we are talking about acknowledging the power that indigenous peoples hold in canada and, and in history the the amazing things that they've done um so so what what my school is working towards doing is making making a board celebrating different indigenous peoples and history and what they've done um and and it's so, and, and I think that can be a good step in the right direction. Making an action uh, that is specific to your school. So maybe something that you're learning in class and incorporating it. Maybe a poster board about um, Indigenous leaders. Um, anything that, that, would pro- that would promote action in your school.
0: Megan, did you want to add I, anything?
4: I would say that one of the most powerful things that students and, and teachers and administrators can do is share space and talk about your relationships with Indigenous peoples. Um, learn history, but then not just learn history, but also learn pedagogy and practice, meaning what you you learn about what Indigenous people seek and do and have contributed to this country. Like, I don't think a lot of students know that Indigenous peoples invented democracy. Indigenous peoples invented healthcare. Indigenous peoples invented free speech. Europeans didn't have any of those things before they arrived. When they arrived on the boats back in the 15th century, uh, they didn't (laughs) have... healthcare, that didn't have free speech, like all those things were, uh, uh, that's then has a free penny on every paycheck to the very principles that we live, to the names that we share, our indigenous contributions in fact we're immersed, we are surrounded by indigenous contributions which make the lives of every Canadian, and the identity of every Canadian I think Canadians spend a lot of time thinking about what does it mean to be Canadian, and my answer to that is, it is to be in a fundamental relationship with indigenous peoples Indigenous peoples have created every Canadian's identity, not all of it, of course, you know, being Ukrainian and being from Rwanda or being from, uh, you know, China, wherever you're from, you also were created by that culture too. But the fundamental culture that has created you is Indigenous cultures. And so you need to spend that time in schools learning about that. We should be teaching every young person. We should be teaching Indigenous peoples in every subject, in every area, in every year, in every class. And, and that means that we and we would be ultimately learning about what it means to be a Canadian when we talk about Indigenous people.
0: All right, well, that is uh, that is great. I really appreciate that. Is there, I guess my last question would be, is there anything that I've left out or anything else that you'd like to, uh, non-Indigenous people to think about or to know or to keep in mind when it comes to land acknowledgements or territorial acknowledgements?
4: Well, one thing I just would say and, and it really strikes me by you doing this podcast, this subject, uh, uh, you know, and the fact that you're doing this and spending some time thinking about these things. Notice that the people that have brought you to this topic are people Sarah's age, age you know, this generation under the age of thirty is the most competent generation in history, and it's because of really brave teachers. Really brave leaders, uh, re- really remarkable people like my father, uh, all of Sarah's aunties and her mother, who are just remarkable, amazing women. Um, her people like her grandmother, who's an amazing French uh, grandmother who really believed in this crazy idea that she could have an, you know, be a part of an indigenous family. At one point, you know, like there is brave visionary people who have laid the path for us. The, the young people today, under the age of thirty are the most remarkable generation in history. I think sometimes we think, oh, these young whippersnappers and these young people always on social media. But every time I spend time with young people, I am blown away by the fact that they know things that I never knew at that age. They are proud in ways that I was never proud as an indigenous person. And most of all is they are brave. They are courageous. They don't have the shame that I carry as a result, because of people like Sarah and people like other young people, Indigenous and non-Indigenous young people, their bravery and their commitment to want to create a different Canada that we inherited.
0: Sarah, anything you want to say?
3: Um, just adding to, on to what my dad said, it's, it's, our, my generation, it brings me a lot of hope. Uh, my friends bring me a lot of hope. People who are non-indigenous understand so much about my worldview and about about my perspective on the world, um, and about and about the the things that they have to do to advocate for indigenous peoples and how to stand beside us. Um, it's it's crucial that that non-indigenous peoples are are helping indigenous peoples and and uplifting their voices. And this generation, my friend group, brings me so much hope because they understand that um, and they understand that that land acknowledgments and and just Indigenous education in general is is crucial.
0: All right. Well, thank you both so much. I've learned things in this little talk with you, and I'm sure our listeners will too. So thanks a lot.
4: Well, Miigwetch, Erica, thanks so much for giving us your time and for uh, dedicating yourself to this topic and uh, and for spending time this evening uh, talking not just to myself but also hearing the voice of uh, young people.
3: Thank you. Bye.
0: Okay, before we leave uh, for today, I just want to make a couple of comments. One, apologies for uh, occasional stuttering in that episode. You know, you get somebody like uh, Negan Sinclair and his daughter on the show, and your Wi-Fi is crappy. So that's unfortunate. Um, Also, you heard Negan mention his father, and we want to make sure to uh, mention his name, Murray Sinclair, as his father. Of course, very well-respected person from right here in Winnipeg. He headed up the Aboriginal Justice Inquiry many years ago, and more recently, he was the chair of the Truth and Reconciliation Commission of Canada, which came up with 94 calls to action. Uh, He was a judge, and most recently, he was a Canadian senator. So we want to make sure and mention Murray Sinclair's name. So don't forget to click on the subscribe or follow buttons or the little cross at the top of the page, uh, depending on which podcast format you're listening to this on. That way you can be kept up to date when there are new episodes coming on. And once again, our email address is afterthoughtew at gmail.com. Make sure you get in touch if you have any thoughts. Thanks a lot for listening, and we'll talk to you again next time.